Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Recovery Executive Podcast. This is Nick Jaworski with Circle Social Inc. And I am joined today by Kent Runyon of Novus Detox Centers. Is that correct? Yes, it is. All right. Well, hi, Kent. How are you doing? I'm very well. Uh, happy to be on your show. Yeah, well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. So what we're talking about today is obviously Kent is a community outreach specialist and you run all of that kind of aspect of engagement with the community, both in the Tampa Bay area as well as West Palm Beach. And you guys run a detox. So that means you have a very high run rate. You know, every seven days you're, you're turning over. So we want to talk today about how you manage that and how you stay connected and, and build referrals and, you know, help people find you that need your help. So can you talk to us a little bit about your role and what you do on a day-to-day basis? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, when I first came to Novus, I started off as executive director for our center in the Tampa region, uh, which gave me the opportunity really to be close to the action, the, the operations, get to know our patients as well as um, those who refer to us and work with us. Um, and now I'm, I'm blessed to be in, in the role of Vice President of Community Relations. And, and what that means for us, um, you know, we're still relatively small. So, you know, I, I do a lot of things, everything from compliance, helping out with our compliance area. Um, but most importantly, uh, connecting with media uh, contacts like yourself. So I do a lot of our, our media work to make sure we're getting our message out, it's not mm-hmm. just around our mission and, and, and what we do, but also just advocating for uh, within the industry and, and for, the, for the community for, for good legislation. Um, and then beyond that, uh, making sure that our brand message is getting out, um, out into the community uh, and getting the word out that we're, we're here. Well, uh, so, you know, I, I do everything from community relations to, to some of the marketing work as well. Awesome. So I really want to dig into kind of some of the specifics of that. But first, uh, let's get a little bit of background on the center. So let's stick with the Tampa Bay one because I know West Palm is new. Can you tell us how many beds is that center? So we have 31 beds there. Okay. And before we've talked, um, you guys do a mix of insurance and cash pay. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. We're, we're all out of network right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a blend of, of cash pay and, and private insurance. So we've got 31 beds. And then how many people on average would you say are coming from you know locally in the Tampa Bay, Florida area, and then those coming from out of state? Yeah, historically, that number has been about 50-50 um, out of state uh, versus in-state. Um, so yeah, it, 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 you know, of course it flexes, but somewhere around that 50-50 mark. Okay, and then just kind of talking 2018, you have 31 beds, but you know, in an average month, you know, what's your capacity or what's your census at? You know, I don't know if I can give you those numbers right now, but sure. you know, we've, I, I mean, I can tell you that you know, you know, we we stay around, you know, certainly we. Let me put it this way: we always have we've. We always have beds available, um, um, but you know, so we, we have capacity, and that's and that's what we wanted. You know, when we expanded a number of years ago from what we originally had, which was twelve beds, uh, we were turning people away, and right. and especially in this in, in this industry, you know, there's there's peak times of the year where 
um, there's just a bit more of an influx right. of folks looking for services, uh, either because of their insurance, their deductibles, you know, where they're a bit more amenable to coming in. Yeah. And uh, during those times, we were finding that we were referring people away. And, sure. Uh, so by, by doing this expansion, uh, it's really allowed us to um, get everyone in who wants to come to us. Uh, and, and have that capacity for future growth as well. Right. So, you know, I think what we were kind of talking about before is, you know, even if we're looking, I mean, I know how hard it is with a detox to, um, it's almost impossible to have a full census all the time, right? Because you've got people coming in, people coming out, they're on different schedules. <laughs> but, you know, even if you look at saying you have a 50%, you know, capacity or census at any given time, you know, in a week, and let's say that's 15 people, well, still, you're still turning over 15 people every week, right? And if you're doing 30, yeah. that's a lot more. So you're looking at having to find 30, you know, to 60 to 90 new patients a month, which is a lot, right? If a lot of centers could find that many mm -hmm. patients a month, they would be sitting a lot more stable financially than some of them are. <laughs> um, that's right. So, you know, we've talked before a lot about the community aspect and how important it is to be involved in the community and build good relationships. And I love to hear that you guys are working on, you know, the legislative piece as well, because you know, that's something that we do here in Indiana is work with local legislators to make sure we've got good policies in place for, for patients and for centers. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you do work with the community, work with legislators and all that to, um, you know, help finding the people that need your help um, at, at that rate where you have such a high turnover? Sure. Um, you know, the area that, you know, we have we have multiple folks taking on different areas. Uh, and within my sphere, <clears throat> you know, I'm very active with local coalitions. You know, I, I, I was 18 years in the not-for-profit sector as an executive with not-for-profit. So that, that, was, that was very familiar to me. So, you know, an example here locally, you know, I'm, I'm active with the Pasco County Alliance for Substance Abuse Prevention. And I attend the um, Prescription Drug Committee. I try and be active with the Prescription Drug Committee. We've sponsored Naloxone Town Hall meet, uh, meetings to basically inform the community about Naloxone, why it has value uh, to the community in preventing overdose um, making sure the community understood why it was important for first responders to have access to naloxone. Um, so, you know, we're always looking for opportunities to partner through coalitions like PASCO, Alliance for Substance Prevention, whether it's at their conference, sponsoring a town hall, such as that, uh, working on committees. Uh, Congressman Gus Bilarakis was at um, one of our meetings a few weeks ago, which is an opportunity to, you know, uh, discuss, it, you know, a part, large part of that conversation is around the opioid overdose mm -hmm. uh, epidemic that, that we're all experiencing. So, yeah. you know, we, we, I have found that to be a great vehicle to uh, not only serve the community, but also to um, partner with, with other providers as well. You know, uh, you know we, we want to, you know, we don't want to see everyone as a competitor because we don't. That's not how we view it. Yeah. Uh, we 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 feel like there's room for all of us, and and you know, kind of like Deming's law of the ever enlarging pie. Yep. Um, that you know, there's room for all of us, and yeah. each of us brings value, and uh, so that's how we try to view it. And 
you know, other groups I've been active with is you know, here in Pinellas County, uh, which is the Tampa region county. Uh, you know, they started, a, uh, it's called the Pinellas County Opioid Overdose Task Force. Okay. And I was part of that, that process of working toward a document, basically a strategic plan to start addressing the opioid overdose uh, issues here in this county. So any of those kinds of activities, uh, we think not only does it build our brand uh, by, by partnering with the community, but it really furthers our mission because our, our mission is to, to uh, you know, end the overdoses, in, in the deaths, and to improve quality of life for people who are struggling with, with use disorders. So whether we do that by detoxing someone or do that uh, by connecting someone with someone else who's a quality provider or enacting good legislation, good community action, um, that's, that, that's, that's all a win for us. That's awesome that you guys do all that uh, that work in the community. I mean, uh, I, I really appreciate that. I'm sure the community does. I mean, that's amazing. Thank you, guys. You know, yeah, and, and you know, I appreciate the leadership of Novus Detox allowing me to, to invest my time to do that, and not to mention the resources to do that. So, yeah, it's, it's really a top-down philosophy. Um, you know, coming out of the not-for-profit realm for 18 years into, really for the first time in my career, a for-profit provider, you know, I frequently refer to Novus as a, a, a for-profit with a not-for-profit heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, found, I, like I found my transition to Novus um, philosophically and culture-wise really to be um, a simple one. It's it's really been an easy transition Um which was a bit of a surprise. You know, I, I anticipated the private sector to be so a little bit more different than what it has sure. turned out to be, at least with. Well, you know, those. that's an interesting point um, because often in the private sector, it is a little bit more hardcore. And I would have to, um, I'd have to say that, you know, there's a lot of signs that we talk to that are definitely much more numbers driven in a shorter time frame, And I think that's often to their detriment, right? Um, so, you know, a, a lot of centers, what they might say is like, okay, I'm, I'm really glad that you're doing these naloxone events and talking with the politicians, but how many referrals did you bring in after that event, you know, would be a pretty common question. So, you know, you yeah. are speaking to the power of building a mission, being mission driven, whether you're a for-profit or a nonprofit, you know, can you talk a little bit about around that about, you know, are you tracking ROI? And if you are, you know, how does that end up playing out? You know, we certainly we do on our admissions side. You know, there, there's, you know, we, you know, we, we do a lot of data analysis. We, we certainly track the analytics. Um, it's, it is, it is pretty tough to do that um, with a lot of the work that I do. Um, and, and, but I, you know, frankly, the message I've gotten from uh, the leadership here as we've, as we've talked about you know, our kind of our approach, our strategies on the community relations side, you know, we really want to be socially responsible. And I yeah. think that's a vision of our, our, our top leadership is, you know, we just, let's just do the right things for the right reasons and do them consistently. Mm-hmm. And we just believe if we do that, good will come. Yeah. Now good, it may take a while for good to come, but you know, you know, we're going to plant the seeds and, and hopefully, you know, I'll be able to water, 
water those seeds over time, and eventually all those things will, will blossom. Yeah. Um, so that's that's been kind of you know, on the community relations side. It's kind of been an exercise of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, that that you know, that's just where we need to be. And I and I can tell you, you know, you know this is very anecdotal, but I've heard other rep representatives, you know, you know, the business development reps in the field, when other n- new providers come into the market. And frequently they will ask questions about Novus Detox hmm. and, you know, and, you know, kind of comparing themselves to us, you know, you know, kind of sizing us up, you know, to be, and then their viewpoint is that we're their, comp- that we're their future competition. Sure. And they'll ask questions like, well, you know, what is Novus doing or, 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 or how is Novus doing this? And I have, I've had them tell me, well, one thing you need to know about Novus is, they're active in the community yeah and and they invest in the community so you need you need to be thought you need to do those kind of things so you know for what value that is that you know we're starting to be people are noticing that we are invested in the community and that and that uh we we really do care Mm -hmm. um about you know how about people um that it's it's not not about of course we're a business of course we need to fill beds, and of course, we need to be compensated for our services, and you know that's that's those are all uh, understood. Um, but I think they get that it's it's much deeper than that for us. Well, I mean, it clearly works and, and, for you, right? You know, I mean, you're seeing it. You guys have been around for over ten years now. You know, running a detox where you have a lot of patients coming and going, you've got to maintain you know a certain census all the time, um, and you guys are doing it. So clearly, it's working for you. Yeah, you know, you know, and we have, you know, we, while this is an important component, you know, at the foundation of all of this is the quality of services and the quality of care mm-hmm. uh, provided to every every patient that comes to us, and that the message that they leave leave our doors with, you know, uh, we we view every patient who walks through, through our doors and discharges as carrying our brand with them. Mm. And we work very hard to connect every patient with an appropriate level of care after detox. Because we recognize, you know, for for most individuals, if if they just get detox and go home, that's probably not going to lead to a good outcome. So right. we work really hard to educate every patient who comes through our doors about recovery and 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 get to know them and do quality assessments and evaluations and our our, our credentialed staff work with them, uh, and then help them understand and navigate the complicated world of addiction treatment. Mm-hmm. And depending on their, on their, on their money situation, their insurance, um, what kind of unique needs they may have or amenities they're looking for geography, what, you know, what state are they willing to provide and receive services in? Is it going to be residential or, or IOP? And then, and then match them up with a quality provider mm-hmm. that is really ideally suited and, and sets them up for long-term sustainable sobriety. Yeah. Um, so we feel like if we do that, you know, that quality of care with every single patient, you know, that, that over the past 10 years has built our brand. And I, and mm-hmm. I hear that repeatedly from people in the field that, um, uh, how much they respect. So, yeah, yeah. The community relations is, is a component. You know, 
the client and how we treat them is 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 huge as well and right and hopefully the combination of that um makes us you know uh, a long-term viable company that's it's here to stay well absolutely you know i, I love that you're speaking to those points because when I look at the field and even when I talk to our own clients, you know, the thing I emphasize again and again is reputation. You're, whether you want to call it brand yeah. or you want to call it reputation, that is what's going to drive the long-term sustainability of your business, right? And you're talking about, you know, all these events that you do and even the things like having a great exit strategy and plan for clients once they leave your detox, you know, it builds that reputation. It's what I call the invisible ROI, right? I can't sit down and say, okay, we did this and we did this. And so it got us three extra patients this month. Like you can't do that, but you see overall and over time, cause it takes time to build that trust and build that reputation that suddenly you're getting more calls in or you get more referrals in. Right. And it happens every single time, every single center that takes the time to sit down and build that relationship with specific communities is successful. And you can do that because you have all these people advocating for you, right? You know, I, I think a lot of centers are very much too focused on what I call like the simple tactics. You know, it's thinking like, let's say we take care and treatment centers. Well, you know, as a marketing company, we have a lot of tools. We can figure out what their SEO is. We can figure out where they're advertising. We know what messages they're using, right? We know who they're talking to. But if we copy exactly what care and treatment centers does, we're not going to be able to make you care and treatment centers, right? Because they have a reputation right. just like you guys. Like if someone comes in and tries to copy everything that you're doing, well, they still haven't built up that reputation. It doesn't matter. The tactics aren't that important. It's how you build a holistic approach, get people involved, build the right relationships over time that, that leads to success. Um, I don't know if you would agree with that, but I mean, that sounds to me like kind of what you guys have done already. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. Um, you know, it, you know, you know, it starts with culture and being relentless in pursuing, you know, quality staff who embrace the culture, the quality of care, um, the respect and dignity that's deserved by every single client that comes through our doors mm -hmm. and being unwilling uh, to settle for less. Yeah. Um, which means, you know, you gotta, you gotta provide, a workplace that retains those kind of quality employees and, and which is, you know, a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I think the invisible ROI is uh, a great way of, of, of speaking to it um, for sure. You know, and just the fact that you guys are taking that time to give people an exit plan and a continuing in care plan, right? Because I can't tell you how many centers I've come across that, you know, people are done, they give them a little piece of paper and say, you know, here's a printout of resources in your area, you know, good luck. And that's not going to cut it, right? I mean, as you said, detox is not enough. Um, and even even most 28, 30-day treatment programs are not enough. You know, there needs to be that continuum of care. And a lot of people don't know how to navigate that, right? They, they need that. That's yeah. As the professionals, as the experts, you know, that's where we can come in and support, I think. So one of the things that Wait, you – oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, the risk really for a new startup or um, or anyone in the business is it's so tempting to start cutting corners. Sure. Um, you know, it'd be easy for us, for instance, to say, you know what, no one, we're not really getting paid 
to invest the time and resources into quality discharge planning that, that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the place we could cut. The, you know, the time and resources invested in me going out and doing the community, the community relations work, you know, with the coalitions, it'd be easy to cut that out. Um, you know, there's so many places you can cut. You know, I, I tell you, before we make any referral um, through a discharge plan, we spent a lot of time and effort getting to know who we refer to. Um, mm. You know, I can tell you, I was, in, I was on vacation up in Asheville, North Carolina this past year. And while I was there on vacation, I set aside a day to go tour uh, three or four, I think it was three different providers up there that we had been in conversations with that we wanted to lay our eyes on. We wanted to see exactly how they did business, um, see the quality of care, see their facilities um, before we started referring to them. Yeah. Uh, so we, 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 really, we, we take it very seriously that if we tell a client to get on the phone with a provider and, and we believe they would be a good match, uh, we, you know, that, that represents us mm-hmm. and, and anybody we partner with represents us. So um, we're very thoughtful about who we put on that list uh, to partner with. Um, and, uh, and sometimes that means we don't get referrals from places because uh, we're just not going to refer some places. And yeah. you and I talked before, um, some people, that's that's their perspective. They're not getting referrals. They're not going to send referrals. Yeah. And that's just not how we do business. Right. I do want to hit on that um, because I, I love that perspective, right? You know, it's so important to connect people with the center or the care that's right for them. Um, because different centers specialize in different places, you have different clinicians, you know, the quality of care that's happening overall, relation to the patient's, patient's geography, etc. You know, and you were saying that as you moved into West Palm Beach, you know, which was quite crowded <laughs> in, in terms of addiction treatment, you know, it was kind of a different culture that you found down there. And it was more of an expectation of tit for tat, where it's like, well, if you give us some referrals, we'll give you some and vice versa, but that's it. Whereas you're saying, you know, it's about the patient, right? Which is what it should be. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Because I, I do, I love that perspective. I think it's so important. Yeah, you know, five years ago when I first was interviewing to c- come on board as executive director of Novus, uh, the conversation was that, um, and part of the reason they were wanted me to come on board was the vision was to grow Novus. Uh, we, you know, the leadership team at the time knew we had something good. We were getting that great feedback. We were hearing great things from uh, patients and providers. Um, and the vision then was, you know, we need to start duplicating what we're doing successfully. And part of that conversation was from providers over in South Florida saying, you, you really need to open over here. There's no one over here like you. And, and we'd love to have you in our backyard. So it'd be easier for us to refer to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this has really been a five-year vision. Uh, to expand over into the South Florida area. And as we all know, um, uh, unfortunately, South Florida and, and Florida as a whole have gotten a black eye uh, yeah. as well as some really bad providers doing bad things. It's, mm-hmm. it's not unique to Florida. We, we know it happens all over the United States. Yep. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, the publicity has really hit Florida. And, and, and I give kudos, you know, Dave Ehrenberg, state attorney for Palm Beach County, has done, he has done great work. Uh, I've attended um, a couple of his sober home task force meetings of local providers and, and, and advocates and uh, interested parties that are part of that task force. 
um, and you know the arrests that they have made and, and really breaking up, trying to break up this whole perspective of patient brokering and yep. you know really just bad ethics, bad business mm-hmm. that's been going on there. So, so we we came over to South Florida with Wise Idol open and, and warned by many other providers that you know, be aware you know of some of the culture uh, as, as business ethics that are there and you know I, I think a lot of it has been cleaned up they've made they've made great progress there um, you know DCF uh, Department of Children and Families mm-hmm. is, is doing some good work along with Dave Ehrenberg as well as the provider community that uh, the um, Palm Beach County uh, Substance Abuse Coalition. I've been attending their meetings. They're working very hard to strengthen this provider ethics there and, and really start rooting out bad behavior. Yeah. But even in, in a brief time there, I've been there. I've been. I have been asked a couple of times. So if we refer to you, you know, how many referrals could we expect you to return? Yeah. And, um, and which is was, was was new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, it, it, certainly that doesn't compare with some of the extreme bad behavior we've seen, but there is still a bit of that spirit of tit for tat um, yeah. and uh, expectations um, back and forth. And so, you know, we're just letting everyone know very in very clear language that that's not how we operate. And if you are the best provider uh, for patient in our care, uh, we're going to refer them to you, even if we don't get, get a referral from you back. That's that's fine. If mm-hmm. you're the best provider for um, uh, a person of faith, a person from the LGBTQ community, a person with experiencing severe trauma, uh, a per, uh, uh, you know, Orthodox Jew that's looking for a program that's uh, oriented to their faith, you know, we, there's lots of specialties out there. You know, yeah. there's programs that catered individuals with a musical interest, with recording studios, and yeah, uh, yeah. and that, pas- that passion for music. And so, right. you know, we we want to know who those specialties are, and 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 then equally, we're just being very black and white about our approach, and and we'll see how that goes. You know, um, it it may play in our favor, it, it, it may not. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it will. You know, I mean, I, I, I love what you guys do. I think we need a lot more providers to start taking on that approach, you know, and, and most of the ones that have been around for a long time do, you know, I mean, we work with centers that have been around for 30 years and they often have a very similar approach, right? We're very involved in the community. We're focused on patients. We're doing what's right for them, regardless of, you know, whether someone's going to refer us back or, you know, that we're going to get an immediate call out of it. You know, they look at the long game. And it works for them. You do have to keep your eye on the business. You have to keep your eye on the numbers, right? It's got to be a balance. Um, but yeah. and you... in fairness, in fairness, I just want to make it clear: it's been a significant minority of, of providers that yeah. have 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 hinted at that. The vast majority have reflected back exactly what you just said. Great, absolutely. That's how, that's who we are as well. Um, you know, I was actually in West Palm Beach yesterday. I met with, I think, three or four providers and um, nothing but quality conversations and, t- and totally impressed with the quality of care. Um, and, and sadly, we need to get the message out to, to families and individuals, you know, outside the state of Florida that um, a lot of that messaging is wrong, that mm-hmm. 
you, it, you, uh, sending your children to Florida is not necessarily a bad decision. It, again, it comes back to if the, if the right provider is here in Florida for your child because of your child's needs, um, then send them to Florida. Just but do your homework. You yes. know, do your homework. Know who you're sending to. Um, and, uh, and but, but you know, there's some fantastic providers here in the yes, state of Florida. absolutely are. You know, it's interesting because when you look at it, again, when we go back to reputation, you can have your reputation for your center, but Florida also has a reputation, right? And that affects everyone that's in it. And so as providers, we need to work together and build a positive image because that's going to help us all out. You know, the rising tide, you know, raises all boats kind of thing. Um, just really so important to, to have that understanding. And that's why I think sometimes, you know, this is a pretty fragmented field. A lot of people are all over the place, not necessarily connected. Um, but we do have to have those coalitions. We do have to be working together because when we do that, then we're able to put our best foot forward and, and have positive feelings, you know, across the nation, which is so important when you've got, you know, 1,300 treatment centers in, in a single county area. <laughs> you've got to be able to pull from yeah. um, across the nation, not just Florida. So, well, okay. Um, so we've talked a lot about your community involvement and obviously how that has impacted um, both I think the care for that you have for patients as, as well as the business end of things, but yeah, I'm sure that's not all you're doing. So what are some other things that you guys do to, you know, keep the business end of things going in terms of outreach? You know, we, you know, we are very thoughtful about, um, you, know, you know, getting our name out through, you know, through strategic partnerships. Um, again, you know, we were very thoughtful about, you know, what kind of events we sponsor, what kind of organization organizations we sponsor, um, but, you know, we, we, we exercise social responsibility through that as well. Um, you know, there in West Palm Beach, you know, we, there's a not-for-profit that, that, that we've, we've given to that um, we just appreciate the work that they do for, for children. Um, you know, the organization's Quantum House um, there in West yeah. Palm Beach. Who, uh, provides, you know, they provide housing for families whose children are receiving services are uh, going through surgery okay. um, there locally um, and, and, and they're, they're, they're very, very physically very close to our, our new center so we've, they've been amazing to us as we've been going through construction phase and, and into the opening phase so it's been uh, just uh, so we just appreciated their um, one embracing us as a provider uh, into the neighborhood um, but also as we got to know them and the services they provide, you know, it's totally unrelated to addiction services. Um, but we just love what they do. Mm. Um, so, you know, we look for, we look for charities and not for profits, uh, to support there in the community that, um, we just think are special and do, do great work. And, and we, we do that through, um, other, uh, organizations and coalitions as well. Just that we, again, that we see furthering our mission, um, and our goals. So that's, so sponsorships are a part of that. Um, and, and then just, you know, being active, uh, in the community, you know, uh, you know, we have, of course we have, we, we do advertising. Um, uh, you'll hear us on the radio sometimes you'll, uh, and, you know, that, and that's all, you know, that's what we're all doing. We're all trying to figure out what's that right place to be yeah. to get our message out. Yep. Um, who are the organizations, associations, uh, who either are in contact with individuals who, who need our services or, 
uh, somehow have that have kind of influence. So, yep. uh, so we're, we're in a variety of organizations, associations, um, you know, whether we do lunch and learns, anything we can do to uh, connect people to our message and who we are. Yeah, those are big. I mean, lunch and learn, CU events, you know, open houses sometimes. I think it's so important that as a provider that you're always testing and looking for different areas, different people to connect with, you know, because, I mean, we'll go to some places where radio works really well and then other places where it doesn't seem to work at all, right? And, and that changes over time, yeah. you know, so it's not always consistent. You've always got to be kind of working on the next thing um, because if one drops off, you need to be able to make up for it, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. A big piece of the magic sauce, I think, for us that you know, I, I forgot to really mention in that is is getting people inside of our center and so they can see see our see our facility, see our patients hmm. who are dressed and showered and frequently smiling and comfortable because it really breaks the paradigm of what people view as inpatient detox or sure. maybe maybe what their experience has been with inpatient detox. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, they, they don't expect to see a spa-like setting. Um, they don't expect to see um, maybe uh, the, the lodging with, with a private bathroom in every room, every patient with their own television, um, just, you know, nice amenities, um, in our setting, um, you know, patients receiving their IV, uh, the IV therapy that we do each day, um, seeing patients outdoors, maybe enjoying our walking path or playing basketball or playing cornhole, um, you know, doing some art, uh, you know, art therapy in the recreation lounge, uh, laughing around the TV. You know, it's, you know, people expect, you know, a hospital wing kind of environment. Right, right. Uh, and they don't expect to hear that a patient can be outside, you know, you know, anytime they want. If they're a smoker, they can go out and smoke kind of when they want. Sure. Um, versus being cut off from their cigarettes and maybe getting a nicotine patch, uh, which is which is asking a lot of someone who's also coming off of heroin right. at the same time. Right. Yeah. So, and you guys do um, really high level detoxes, right? So like off of methadone and things as well. We do. Yeah. We're you know one of the things that. Um, I would say that we have a national reputation for is high dose detox, and that, that certainly does include methadone. Uh, that's something our medical director is comfortable with, our medical team is comfortable with, and we just have had repeated success. Uh, we you know, we're confident in our protocols and our standing orders uh, to be successful in keeping the patient comfortable um, through that through even a high dose. Uh, detox process yeah. yeah and what i can't remember what was it was someone telling me i think it was will saying that you guys do up to like 200 milligrams or something like that it's a little bit outside um, my knowledge area <laughs> yeah i would say higher really <laughs> we, wow you know it, we've had we, we've had some crazy high dose cases come to okay. us you know, and, and you know, and, and we'll pass every single case that comes to us is an individualized approach um you know, our protocol is certainly a, a set of guidelines, but, um, you know, we adjust daily as necessary uh, to keep that patient comfortable and and do what that patient needs based on their age, uh, how their body is responding based on their, you know, their metabolism, hmm, sure. uh, how much they were using, um, and just, you know, uh, other 
uh, other factors with their with their general health. Um, so, you know, that length of time to come off, you know, you know, we can for some cases we can make it go a little more quickly um, if that's if that's important to the patient. Um, but you know, and equally, if the patient has the time and the, and the ability to stay a little longer, we can you know we can make it you know even more comfortable over a longer span of time. So sure. you know, we uh, we just work with that, we just customize it with that patient and keep the patient informed along the way and. Yeah. And, uh, wow. So yeah, we're, wow. we're we're very comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know any other centers that do those high level of doses. You know, usually when they're talking about a high dose, it's like maybe fifty or something. <laughs> so again, a little yeah. outside my knowledge area, but I yeah, I, was, I remember being very surprised when I first heard you know the level of doses that you guys were taking. <laughs> um, but that's great. That's great that you guys do that because obviously people need it, right? You know, and and you can specialize in that area. Um, you know, a certain level of expertise well, that just other others don't. And, and what we know to be, you know, we know there's a lot of federal funding coming down, uh, and a lot of that funding is being directed toward medication-assisted treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, you know, it's going to be an interesting uh, sector. You know, and what you know, what the decisions being made today is going to have ramifications three, five, eight years from now. Um, so the reality is, uh, and, and and I I I am a proponent for MAT. For some people, mm. um, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's the right thing for everybody. Um, but you know, for, for some cases, MAT makes makes sense. Sure. Um, but you know, the, but the more people who get on it on some of these medications and get on it for a long term, I, I hear some people pro- you know, proposing, you know, even a minimum of five years of uh, suboxone treatment, for instance. Mm. Interesting. Um, and in some cases. Um, yeah, I've heard people, some um, medical directors referring to uh, who work in MAT that, you know, equivalent, an equivalent of Suboxone to uh, insulin. Um, and, yeah. and why would you take a diabetic off of insulin? Well, you wouldn't I, take a... I think we've done that uh, to so, ourselves, yeah. right? We, we constantly advocate. Yeah. Well, addiction's just like diabetes, and, and that connection has come together. That's right. <laughs> so that, that's a, yeah. There's a whole debate in that realm. Right. But what... what the more what we do know is the more people who what we know about medication is that for most people there's going to be a tolerance level and it's going to require higher and higher dosages yeah. to keep them comfortable over, mm-hmm. over a span of time. And we know suboxone is can be addictive. We know methadone is addictive. So it'll be interesting three, five, eight years from now uh, what that's going to mean for our industry. Yeah. Because. Um, and uh, there may be a lot of people needing help getting off those medications. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. You know, definitely a, a much broader topic for a different day, but I, I do think um, my personal perspective, we always focus way too much on the drugs, right? Um, people are looking for an experience. They'll find that in different ways. I mean, most people, if they're put on Vivitrol or something like that, you know, maybe they get out of jail, they get it right after, um, they're just going to switch to meth or something that allows them to get the high they're seeking. It's not, not like they're connected to a drug right it's often this experience and they'll find a way to make that experience um you know to, to their benefit yeah. or detriment you know however however they're working yeah as with, all, as with any medication and we, we've learned this with this opioid epidemic as you know the importance of hopefully informing every family and every patient of the risks and and so they can make an informed decision yeah. right uh, 
Right. So while, all right, getting us a little bit back on trap and we'll, we'll wrap up here, I think yeah. fairly quickly. Um, so I, yeah, just kind of going back to what you're saying, you know, when you talk about patient discharge, when you talk about all the work that you guys do in the community, and then you, you also do your traditional radio ads and um, sponsorships and things like that. You know, what I see in that and where I often see the value is that you're still, you're working to build your reputation, your brand and your trust over time. Then all of that comes together. You know, when people ask us, they're like, you know what, should we do a billboard? Well, a billboard's never ever going to drive direct calls to your center. It won't do that, right? But if people see a billboard and they also saw a Facebook advertisement or they saw you at a community event or they met one of your staff, it triggers something and they're much more likely to take action, right? So it's understanding that everything comes and works together. There's no such thing as single channel marketing anymore for anything, whether it's addiction treatment or something else. Everything's multi-channel, everything's integrative, and they all play to each other in different ways. And if you're trying to track all of it, you know, like a one-to-one, you'll you'll fail and you'll constantly struggle and you'll constantly jump from channel to channel, from strategy to strategy, because none of it's going to work the way you want it to. But when you have faith and trust in the process and, and you do it strategically, like you guys do, where you go to specific areas, you know, you work with people that are going to be possibly needing services or they're involved in the community where you guys are involved, you know, that's smart. You're not just going willy nilly all over the place. You're saying, hey, you know, here's where we can help. Here's where, you know, a pocket of need is. Let's get involved and see what we can do. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, for, for us, it's just so important because we think we are, some things you said, I think we, we believe we are very unique in the space. Um, and the more unique you are, the more personal touch Absolutely. I think you need to do that differentiation. So that's yeah. where we really try to invest our effort is, is how do we get that personal touch, that context, so we can show how we're differentiated from everyone else because of, because you're right. Um, you know, uh, it's a much more crowded um, space uh, than it was 10 years ago uh, for us. You know, 11 years ago, what we were doing was pretty, it was extremely unique, being a standalone detox where we knew our core competency and all we did was detox and, and you know, treatment providers, you know, would refer to us and know that, you know, we were going to compete for, with them for their, their clients after detox. And so, so as more and more people have entered the, entered the space, um, it's really increased, I think, uh, the importance of us uh, doing things, like I said, getting them in for, getting people in for a tour where it's a family, thinking about, you know, their, one of their loved ones coming in or, uh, other professionals or individuals, uh, you know, I bring people in who have nothing to do with addiction treatment who are just members of the community because I feel like I, the response that we get from people who come in for a tour is I'm confident when they leave my doors, they're going to talk about us, mm-hmm. whether right. it's over, over coffee at Starbucks or at Bible study at their church on a Wednesday night. Um, or just uh, around their family huddle is, hey, wow, I was at Nova's Detox the other day. That place is amazing. It's not yeah. at all what I imagined. And, and if, if they do that to 10 people, you yeah. know, those 10 people now have been touched. Um, so that's really our philosophy, too, is is that, you know, everything we do is how can that turn, turn into that, 
an opportunity to, to, to have that dialogue to differentiate us and uh, we expose them to who we right. are. So maybe you can give some tips on this because, you know, there are a lot of centers that are just used to this immediate gratification, whether it used to be AdWords or whether it's buying calls from, you know, TV campaigns and radio campaigns, but you can kind of make the purchase and the phone starts ringing. Um, whereas you're saying, hey, you know what, there's there's a wait period while you're building this trust and a reputation. So what advice would you give to centers that maybe want to make this shift or um, make make the shift work for them uh, to be comfortable with that that lag time? Well, I think the, the biggest word is patience, um, which is tough, you know, yeah, because, right. uh, you know, I haven't talked to anyone, uh, especially in, in this past year, who, um, you know, when they see their beds, when they see empty beds, um, it, 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 hey, it gives you a little bit of anxiety. Right. Uh, yep. Especially, like you said, detox is a crazy space where your population is turned over every week. Right. Um, you, you can see some pretty crazy swings in your census level. So having a leadership um, body, an ownership group that understands those cycles and, and has the patience uh, to stay the course. And, you know, but at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it's, um, if you're, if you're, if the foundation is, we're we're only going to do this the right way, and we're only going to uh, build on quality. Um, you know that's that's you know that's starting point. There's nothing you do. Either you got that or you don't. So yeah. that's starting point. Um, yeah. So if, if, if there's a lack of ethics or a lack lack of core values uh, at the top, um, then there's not going to be patience, and they're going they're going to start it's not going to last. They're going to, they're yep. going to start take a shortcut. Yeah. And, and that's what um, I think we see. But, but, right? But, yeah. 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 So patient, it's just patience, you know, it's, yeah. and it's, a, it's an investment of resources uh, and it requires some faith mm-hmm. and, you know, and anyone who's brand new in this sector, um, this is a tough time to be open. To. <laughs> um, yes, it is. Uh, it's, you know, even people who've been in it for 10 or 15 years, like us, um, you know, it's been kind of a perfect storm uh, this past year with, uh, you know, some of the stuff that's happened in Florida and the uh, in- insurance industry and Google ads going away. Yep. Um, it's, it's been, it's been kind of a, a tough, tough span of time. So if you're brand new and you don't have that brand recognition, you don't have that reputation as a foundation, you're just walking right in. Um you know, it's, it's just tough. Yeah. Know, and, yeah. Right. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I mean, we get contacted by new centers, right. And they're like, Hey, can you help us out with admissions? You know, I mean, how fast can we start getting them in is often a question, right? It's like, you're brand new. <laughs> I've said, I'm mean, like, we can get that phone ringing, but you know, your, your trust and the reputation that you build with different communities is what allows you to actually get connected to potential patients and have them coming in. Right. I, I think the mistake yeah. so many centers have made, in the past is it like well if we can just get enough volume eventually enough will sign up and and that kind of has worked in the past right but the cost is just prohibitive especially with your insurance reimbursements dropping people moving more to in-network you know it's not going to be sustainable anymore and so you have to have just like you guys do a reputation and trust out there so that when people do call 
you know, they're pretty much ready to make a decision. They're not just hemming and hawing. They know what's going on. They know they want to be there. And that, that works to your advantage in, in a very big way. Well, and, and reputation within the industry is so important because we know mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of referrals that happen back and forth because, you know, they're not a good fit someplace else. Or and for us, we get a lot of referrals from providers who don't do detox, but they got the first call. So they need to get them into our detox first before they can continue on with their treatment. Right. And this industry is slow trust um, yep. because we've seen enough people come open their doors and close their doors. Um, as, and especially in the recent years um, that, you know, a lot of providers are, are kind of waiting. You know, if you're new in the space, they're going to be kind of wait and see mode to see what you're really about yep. and, and see where you're at a year from now yeah and it's even Um, happening with the patients you know i mean i I go to a parents of addicted loved ones meeting um we have one here in the indianapolis area on thursday nights and i mean most of these parents they talk these days they've had children or you know loved ones in and out of detox and iops and everything else um three or four times already and they know they're like you know you got to be careful you got to do your research only go somewhere where you know because there's all these bad centers and some of them unfortunately have these horror stories right so the word's not out there just among other centers and providers it's out there among you know the, the people looking for help themselves which is fantastic um, yeah i agree you know yeah um, you know, knowing the value of accreditation, knowing the value of experience in the field. Um, and, and then, you know, if you can check, you know, if you have the time and the ability to ask other providers, um, you know, we're always happy to have people talk to some other providers who've worked with us for years to hear what they've got to say about us. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I, we love it when the public gets informed and asks those kind of tough questions. That's, that's a, yeah. That's yeah, appropriate. It's good to that's see. Yeah. Well, I really yeah. appreciate all your time today, Kent. Um, so obviously, you know, you guys are, are great. I love what you guys do. And you're looking for other centers that are doing great work as well. If someone wanted to reach out and contact you, how would they do that? Sure. Uh, they can reach uh, me directly at 727-777-2449. Again, 727-777. 777-2449. And if they, if they have a client who's, or, or they're just interested in a, in a loved one, um, uh, we have a, a great admissions coordinator, and he can be reached at 855-889-0186. And be happy to help you and give you information as well. Great, great. Well, again, this is the Recovery Executive Podcast. I'm Nick Jaworski with Circle Social, and this was Kent Runyon with Nova's detox centers we're looking forward to you guys joining us the next podcast will be on outcomes so we're talking about clinical outcomes and how to track them and the benefits they have for your center we'll also be talking about billing coming up and how to manage your ars and all those challenges (laughs) so we hope you join us in a couple weeks and check those out as well kent thank you so much and i appreciate it hope you have the the best time and i look forward to uh, meeting you again in person um at the next conference Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, thanks. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.